Hi, and welcome to episode 207 of No Crying in Baseball, the Baseball and Blink episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I am feeling very tired right about now. This is kind of a unique intro for us. Yeah. We just came back from the last game that we'll see this season. Right? Yes, it's, it's 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 game 162 day, my friends. This is the last day of the regular season. You might be able to hear it in our voices because we yelled a lot. We were at the game yesterday. Yes. We were at the game today. We were all in. We had such a good time and we are toast and we are still stressed. And um, we bet you are a little bit stressed too. Yeah, but we have a really good diversion for you today. Despite this this weekend of stress, what we realized was that there was no way that we would be caught up with you all on Tuesday because just so much stuff is happening. Even though that we're not in chaos, as had been predicted. We I just... wanted chaos so much. <laughs> I, I wanted all the chaos. We're, we're, I'm betting that most listeners wanted chaos. Most everybody except for Red Sox and Yankees fans. And, um, you know, sadly, <laughs> we got our way. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is just, you know, not not the way that the rest of the country probably wanted it. But we'll see. I think neither one of them is going to make it too much further. But we spent our weekend at Nats Park watching Red Sox Nationals, cheering, being crying. sad. Oh, my God, crying, saying goodbye to Ryan Zimmerman and to Alex Avila. That was really lovely how they did that on the field. It was great. And I, um, you know, there there is so much crying in baseball. Yeah. I know. We just lie. We absolutely lie. But oh my God, the special treat we have for you. We hope you love this. Yes. So we had the pleasure of Thursday night speaking with one of the aforementioned nationals. We got to hang out with Riley Adams and we had a blast. So we're not going to go any further with with um, our usual show material. We're just going to kick it over to a wonderful interview that we had with Riley. No Crying in Baseball is very excited to have special guest Riley Adams, catcher for the Washington Nationals, with us tonight to talk. And he's possibly the only MLB player with the words pompous grass on his Wikipedia page. Just saying. And he's joining us on a rare day off going into the last homestand of the season. Thank you so much for joining us, Riley. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you're kind of new to this coast. Since I guess for you know for years now since the Cape Cod League, so how's the East Coast treating you? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, you know, I'm definitely a Southern California boy, born and raised, and everything. But uh, you know, I've been on the East Coast a lot uh, in my whole pro ball existence. Uh, you know, coming from the Blue Jays and playing predominantly on the East Coast, and uh, yeah, now getting traded here. So uh, you know, I'm warming up to the East Coast. It's, a little different weather than it is back in San Diego, but <laughs> for uh, sure. but but we're getting used to it. Yeah, warming up is is a tough thing to do on the East Coast, <laughs> especially if you're used to be San Diego weather. So yeah. I, yeah, I guess you you've got us sort of at the end of the season. Wait till the spring. Wait till like playing ball in April in Washington D.C. is lots of fun. Who yeah. has the dog? That's not you, Patty. That, is it? that is out my door. That is um, oh, welcome okay. to the neighborhood. This dog is saying hello to not my dog. I don't know whose dog that is. <laughs> All right. And, you know, I, I close myself in this room because we usually have cat interludes on the podcast, but you never know. You never know. So actually, to go back to your start in San Diego, could you tell us a little bit about how baseball started for you as a kid, like your beginning memories of baseball? Was it your family or environment? Yeah. So my uh, my dad works or used to work at the uh, the University of California, San Diego, Um 
Oh, cool. And he, he always worked in the sports department. Uh, he ran the recreation program there. So, um, so yeah, growing up, we always were around, around sports, around stuff like that. And, uh, my dad actually had a really good relationship with the, the baseball coach of, uh, of the school there. And I think, shoot, I couldn't even tell you how old I was. I mean, it was one of those normal classic stories. I was probably three or four years old, something like that. And, uh, you know, obviously trying every sport and trying to do every little thing, but, uh, the, the baseball coach at the university, uh, decided to try to get me into baseball and, and, uh, he was the one that actually got me my first glove. And, uh, funny enough, he actually got me a, a left-handed glove, uh, because he wanted, he thought, he thought the best route to the big leagues was to be a left-handed pitcher. So, uh, the first glove wrong, I ever really? got was, was a, was a left-handed <laughs> glove and, uh, safe to say, uh, I learned quickly. I was not a lefty and I didn't know how to throw <laughs> the ball left-handed. So, uh, that glove didn't last very long, but, uh, but yeah, he was the one that, that really got me into baseball and, um, you know, ever since then, I've just kind of always been doing it and traveling, hanging around, uh, hanging around baseball fields. Uh, and, and it mostly all started there at, um, at UC San Diego where my dad worked and, uh, you know, that was where my parents went to school too. So, uh, we, we've always been around there and, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the birth of, uh, of my baseball life, you could say. That's sweet. So did you go to a lot of uh, college games or were you a Padres fan? Like what was your fandom like as a kid? Yeah, I was a Padre fan for sure. Um, I think the the very first big league game I went to was a, a, a Padres Giants game. I must have been like five oh, or six. Wow. And it was back in the day when they played at the, the football stadium there in San Diego. And I believe there was, it was a, it was a Tony Gwynn and Barry Bonds in the same game. And, Damn. uh, so, so it was pretty cool to, to get that start. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I've kind of always been a little bit of a San Diego fan. Um, it's, uh, it's tough to be a San Diego sports fan, I will say, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of always a San Diego fan and, um, yeah, but, but honestly, more importantly, I was more just like a fan of players and I'd find certain players and, uh, those were the guys that, that I always tried to watch and emulate and do things like that. So, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a pretty good start actually thinking about it. Yeah. So Tony Gwynn and both those guys are pretty good ones for that. Who else did you, uh, did you look up to when you were a kid? Oh shoot. Um, well actually I share the same birthday as Derek Jeter. So he was an easy <laughs> oh, wow. one for me. Uh, <laughs> just, just with that shared, uh, shared birthday. So, um, always watched him and, and growing up, actually, I will, I mostly played infield and, uh, you know, obviously every kid plays every position, but, um, I was I was mostly an infielder, uh, middle infield kind of thing, and uh, you know I've kind of thought that's what all I was going to play. But as you can see now, it's not really the forte. So uh, so yeah, I looked up to him, um, and uh, I mean in San Diego too, the the bigger name that I felt like I kind of grew up around was was Trevor Hoffman. Uh, he was the guy that everyone loved, and uh, it was pretty cool every time we went to went to Padres games and. Hell's bells started Hell's ringing bells, in the yeah. ninth, and, yeah. uh, and he came rolling in. So, uh, so yeah, he, those those are a few of the guys that kind of looked up to when I was really young. That's funny. I had some friends of ours have a Padres podcast called Hell's Bells, and oh, I think yeah. that's that was that was the origin of it. That's exactly so when, the when did the, <laughs> when did when did the catcher thing start then for you? So yeah, I was uh, I went to high school as a, as a middle infielder. Um, you know, played shortstop my my freshman year um, on the varsity team. It's pretty funny. I have a, I have an older brother and, uh, he was, 
<clears throat> he's two years older than me. So uh, he was playing first base when I would play shortstop. And uh, I think I kind of outgrew the position <laughs> and I was struggling over there, making a few too many errors. And uh, mm-hmm. my brother always jokes that uh, he had a, he had a busy day on all the ground balls hit at me because yeah. he, knew, he knew he had to pick something and jump to get another ball or do something like that. So uh, I was starting to outgrow the position and then uh, going literally, into, go, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> going into my, going into my sophomore year, um, our, our high school team just didn't have a catcher. Um, and so our, our coach, uh, our coach over there said, uh, asked me if, if I wanted to give it a shot. And, uh, I am uh, very happy that I made that decision. Cause I don't think I would have gone to college. I don't think I would have been drafted and I don't think I would be being this position I'm at right now if it, if it wasn't for that. So, um, thankfully my, my coach there had, uh, had professional catching in his background and, and he was a catcher. So, so it, that was huge for me. Uh, just, just getting me started, uh, learning, learning a little bit of the, the trade behind there. And, um, so yeah, he, he helped a ton and he actually, it was funny. He had some being in San Diego, there's just a ton of, uh, big league players all over the place. Um, and so he, he had a lot of different connections. Uh, you know, Chris Young would come by at our high school and I'd catch the bullpens for him all six oh, wow. foot 10 of him. So, uh, <laughs> I, I got to see that and, uh, you know, just, just other guys like that that would come around. Mark Pryor was another one that I remember catching in high school. And so it was pretty cool just to kind of get that exposure early and, and kind of throw me into the deep end and, and, and learn to swim kind of, kind of thing, uh, with catching. So I think that that helped a lot and just kind of helped get me more and more comfortable pretty quickly. I mean, like the, the skills that a catcher has to has to use are so different than an infielder because you're in the squat, you're, you're, you know, you're throwing people. The whole thing is, is very different. So I, I could see like learning that is a lot, but then you also have to learn how to like basically run the game. When does that oh, come? When does like calling the game happen? Like what level? Yeah. Well, I was, I mean, that was one of the things I was glad about was in high school being that my coach had a, had a huge catching background and he definitely saw something special in me. I think, uh, he, he gave me the freedom to call games in high school and just kind of like wow. go with that. So I, I know a lot of times in high school, you get coaches that sometimes can overcoach and think that they make every decision, but he kind of wanted me just to, just to work with that. And, uh, play around there. So, uh, I got to learn that there went to, when I went to college, uh, we didn't have that as much, but I would still play summer ball all over the place. And, you know, you still get to call games here and there and you get to learn. But I mean, I think honestly, the, the, the bulk of game calling and game management comes once you get to pro ball. Um, that's, that's where you really learn fast, uh, what 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 are good things to do and uh, what are bad things to do in, in certain situations so um so yeah you kind of learn it a lot um a lot more there but i think i still credit a lot of uh just like the 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 catching aspect of it to kind of not always being a catcher having a, having a shortstop middle infield background staying a little more athletic um i played basketball in high school as well so uh, I think I think there's a lot of advantages to not not always being a catcher and having other stuff. I mean, hey, it saves the knees a little bit because it's a little less wear and tear. But right. uh, but I think in general it just uh, it just helps because you're 
you're staying athletic. And I think, I think that's the, the bigger trend that you're starting to see across the board for, for all catchers is, is that there's a little more athletic style of, of guy. And you see a lot of, of guys that convert from middle infielders to catchers. And um, yeah, you see guys that do that even as late as pro ball make, make that switch. So um, I think, I think there's a lot of benefits to not always being a catcher. Yeah, I was wondering about the conditioning there because it's so hard on your knees. So how do you keep that up? Like, how do you keep up your running game? Because, some, you know, there's always the joke about the the catchers not being able to make it to first on a bunt or something like that. You know, like, how do you keep that being able to run the bases while I mean, you're in the squad? We would never say that, but we hear other people <laughs> right, say that. Right. We, we don't oh, criticize okay. baseball don't, players. Don't, we don't. I will be the first person to tell you I'm not a fast <laughs> runner or anything of that sort. Um um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think the, the bigger thing is just with my size being a little bit bigger than the, the average catcher. Um, I think it just makes it more valuable that the work you put in the off season, uh, to make sure that your body can, can maintain itself for the whole year. Cause that's obviously, uh, what, what you're trying to do is stay as healthy as possible. So, um, I think, I think it just makes you know, the, the off season training and things like that. Very important. And also growing up in San Diego, I, I did a lot of, we didn't in college. We did a lot of yoga, uh, different things like that. Oh, cool. So it's, it's a lot of just like body awareness. I like that you made that a San Diego thing. Like the it's yoga was a San Diego thing. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you can't tell by the end of this podcast, I love San Diego and I love Southern <laughs> California. So, uh, we have a lot of listeners actually in San Diego, so they will be very happy to be well, hearing beautiful. this. And, and I no. lived there for six years. I, I, I was briefly a San Diegan. No, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's a pretty special part of the world, but, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think having just, just being able to stay flexible, being able to, you know, put that time into your body is, is, is the most important part. Um, just keeping yourself as healthy as possible. So if we go into the Wayback Machine, and we did a little bit of homework. Of course. We, we see that when you were three, you started karate. So is this part of like your, your cross-training situation? You made it to second degree black belt and all of that? <laughs> well, actually, I, uh, I started karate about a month before I turned three. Oh, my God. Uh, to, to, to totally correct your fact check in there. Um, Darn that uh, San Diego Union. I, uh, yeah. I still, I still remember the, the, the first day I went to, I had my first karate class. I didn't want to go That's in. Amazing. I was too scared. Um, uh, and like I said, I had an older brother, so he, we kind of started about the same time. He might've started karate a little bit before me, but I mean, a couple months apart. So I was a lot younger than my brother when I started, but yeah, I was super nervous and scared to, to go into it. But, um, it's funny talking to my parents. That was like the one thing that they were told by other parents, uh, when they were, when they had my brother and I was, Hey, get, get your kids into karate. Um, and, and that was one of the bigger things that they, they learned. And, you know, obviously there's a, there's a kind of a fun element to the kicking and punching and, uh, sparring each other and doing things like that. But more than anything, it was just that, that kind of discipline that, that is so big with karate and the respecting your elders and, and, and things like that, that, that were really important. And, to get that at such a young age, I thought was super beneficial. So, um, that was, that was one of the bigger things. And yeah, I was lucky enough to be a second degree black belt. Uh, I think that's more work than luck. It's my guess. Right. There's skill there. <laughs> there's, there's definitely, there's definitely some skill and persistence, uh, with that. But, um, yeah, I remember I was the, in my, in my studio there, I was the, 
the youngest uh, youngest kid to ever be a black belt. I think I was wow nine what or nine or ten, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I got to second degree black belt uh, before my eighth grade year, and so yeah, I was uh, I, I was I was moving at a pretty good rate. But uh, once once I got into high school, just with all the other things going on, it was hard to hard to balance it all. So I had to had to go up on karate. But yeah, believe it or not, uh, many people ask if uh, if there's ever a fight that breaks out on the field if if I can defend myself. But uh, right. uh, that's 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 often asked. But uh, I mean, no, I if think... there's a bench clearing brawl and you pull out some karate moves, that is that is going to go viral for sure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it probably would. I'm hoping that never has to come, but uh, thank you. <laughs> I like my right, chances. Right, because because catchers are tend to be sort of you know focal in the in those brawls. So to be able to defend the team, I think is a, is a good good yeah, situation to yeah. be in. Hoping to maintain the peace more more than anything. Yeah, else. there you go. That's, that's I'm happy to hear to that. Do. I cannot tell you <laughs> how happy I am to hear that. <laughs> right, yeah, it's no, more of not... a defense than an attack situation. Of course. Of course. Oh so God. you talked about doing doing basketball in high school. Was that ever a consideration? Did that ever get to the level of baseball for you, or were you no, baseball all the um, way? My uh, my dad played basketball in college, um, oh, and so okay. so he, he that's that's his background. And uh, he my dad's actually taller than me. He's, he was about he's about six foot six. So uh, height definitely runs in the family. Um, but uh, but yeah, he played basketball in college and basketball is probably his favorite sport. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he always tried to get, get my brother and I into basketball. And honestly, I, it just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as I, as I did baseball. Um, especially all the practices and running and everything like that. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was a lot. So I never, I never really played a lot of competitive basketball growing up, especially compared to to baseball. But once I got to high school was the first time I really kind of did organized basketball and, and honestly, like looking back on my high school years, I think I think I enjoyed basketball more, just because it was something different, uh, something fun, and uh, you know it's 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 a whole different whole different game. You get to you get to be a little more physical with people, bump and shove and just do everything yeah. like that. So, um, so so I really enjoyed that. I mean, I have more memories thinking of high school basketball than I did of of baseball. So um, I enjoyed that, um, but at the end of the day, I was. I'm only six foot four, so uh, there's not only. much. Yes. There's, 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 times you can well, say only and have that be, you know, exactly. a negative. Right? I mean, shoot, <laughs> yeah, you're six foot four and you're barely taller than Steph Curry. So, uh, so yeah, I was never, <laughs> I wasn't the most talented basketball player, but I enjoyed just kind of getting rebounds and bumping into people. And uh, I've fouled out of my fair share of games, but uh, but yeah, no, I just enjoyed that kind of like physical side of it. And, and it was just so different. Um, so, so I enjoyed that, but I knew very early on that, uh, after high school, uh, there wasn't much, there wasn't much basketball in the future. It's a little too short and, uh, you know, couldn't, uh, couldn't shoot as well. So, um, so yeah, no, it was, it was a pretty short lived career there, but I think, uh, it was some of the more fun years I had in high school for sure. I'm glad to hear that. Cause there's so many kids now that like hyper-focus really early, and yeah. don't play a variety yeah. of sports anymore, and I think that's a problem. That's that's one of the biggest things that, uh, yeah, I, I, I will always tell people, and and uh, I, you know, if anybody's asking me about, you know, should we start a kid to just only do baseball or only do this sport, I'll, I'll I will always say no. Um, I think I think it's so important to to have that getaway 
I mean, in high school and some of the, the most important years of recruiting and things like that for me, I would take a couple months off of, of baseball just to, to play basketball. And so um, I thought, I honestly thought that was good for me. And yeah, there were times that I was wondering if, if I should just stop playing basketball because I know that, that I have a chance at doing something with baseball, but, but uh, I was glad my, my parents kind of forced me in a way to, to kind of stay with it and just, you know, enjoy, enjoy what, what I got. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I never did that. I'm glad I waited until, you know, getting to college to, to really focus a hundred percent on it. So, um, no, I, I'll tell anybody and everybody that, uh, I think, I think playing multiple sports is great and just doing other things just keeps you athletic, keeps you moving around. And it also too, just you hear too many kids that just get burnt out of a sport and, right. and, and right. stop playing because they're just tired of doing the same thing. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's huge because people just get tired of something and it's like, well, yeah, you've been playing it every single day since you were six or seven years old. Like, what do you expect? So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad that that never was the case for me because, uh, yeah, it makes me more appreciative now. So, before we leave high school, one question from, from the Wayback Machine, when we were reading these old articles, one of them actually said that at the time in high school, I think you were actually in a basketball uniform in the photo that accompanied this. So that, that'll give you the, the picture. Okay. It said you were into country music and not playing video games. And I just want to do a check now to see if any of that is still true. Uh, yes, that is uh, still very true. Um, <laughs> never, uh, you know, I've, I've played some video games, but I've never owned any video game consoles or anything like that. Um, that was another thing my parents were, were big on was not letting us have video games and, you know, pretty much and yeah. pretty much making it mandatory to get outside and do something, uh, move around, uh, you know, do different things like that, because there's there's more there's more into that than just playing video games and sitting on the couch. So and if I haven't said enough, but being in San Diego, you got pretty good weather. So uh, yeah. there's kind of no excuse not to get outside. <laughs> um, I mean, we'd go over to friends houses and if we're hanging out with them, sometimes play video games. But I never was good enough and I'm a very competitive person. So, so the fact that I never really played at such a young age and I never, uh, was very good at it or yeah, anything like that. Um, i still don't own video games or don't play or anything like that. Uh, I just think there's more fun things for me to do in my free time and things like that. So, uh, yeah, never, never, never played video games. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm actually very happy about that. But uh, yes, and to answer the other one, I'm still into country music. I think <laughs> I think baseball. I think baseball itself is just a big. There's a lot of country music in baseball, and you know, it just kind of brings back, you know, brings you good memories to the field and being being with uh, being with the guys and and doing things like that. So yeah, I'm still into country music. Um, but uh, but yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll definitely get back more into your musical tastes in a few minutes. But before we leave high school completely, you you got drafted out of high school, right? But you yes. turned down you turned it down. So this is something that Patty and I look at a lot when we're profiling players in in the off season, which we do on the show. Um, did you consider it? Like, what was that decision like? Not going in after high school. I mean, oh, it was absolutely. the Cubs. Come on, yeah, <laughs> it's a storied team. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I considered it. Um, no, I, that was a that was an interesting time. Just uh, yeah, going into my senior year of, of high school, um, 
yeah, going into my senior year of high school, I didn't even, I wasn't even committed to the University of San Diego yet. Um, it wasn't really till the fall of my senior year that uh, they really saw me and, and gave me an offer and I, and I signed to, to go there. So uh, yeah, once I, I guess like, I don't know, I th- kind of thought of it as like, well, I got, I got my commitment and I'm, and I got a college that I'm going to um, and I was excited about um, going, going to college and, and being in San Diego and, uh, there was a pretty good ball player playing there at USD named Chris Bryant that, uh, that was pretty oh, yeah. fun to watch. So speaking <laughs> of the Cubs, exactly. Great. So, uh, so no, I was, I was, I was excited about that. Um, and then, yeah, going into kind of the spring year of my senior year, knowing that, Hey, you know, there's a chance to get drafted. I honestly looked at it as kind of a win-win. It was, well, Hey, if I don't get drafted, then I'm going to college and it's great. If I get drafted pretty high and they offer me a lot of money, then I'm going to play pro ball. And that's awesome too. So there wasn't, I didn't feel like pressure into everything there just because no matter what outcome came about, uh, it was going to be fine. And I was going to be excited whichever way, but, uh, but yeah, when, when the draft day actually came around, you know, at the end of uh, you know, in June of my senior year, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a stressful time. There's a lot going on, a lot of quick adjustments <laughs> yeah. being made. And, you know, when, when a team, you know, offers to draft you and give you a, give you a good chunk of change, uh, it, it's definitely tough to pass down. And, um, you know, I, 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 I knew that making that decision to go to college was the right one for me. Uh, it gave me a little more room to grow just as a person. And so I, I was glad I went to college, but it was, it was certainly a tough decision to, to, to turn that down. And like you said, especially the Cubs being, uh, being, uh, being such a storied team. I feel like we have to clip that out, Patty, like give it, make him sort of like the poster, you know, the, the tagline for go to school. We're a couple of moms. So we're, we're very pro, like continue your education. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I, yeah, I still got a year left of school to go to. So um, I, I, I will go back to school and, and finish my degree and, and get that done. Um, but hey, for the time we read being, about guys doing that, like in the off season. I mean, are you yeah. thinking, no, no, when I'm done, when my, when, you know, I have like finished my career or you're going to try to fit things in? How does that work? What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm not, not a hundred percent sure. Uh, <laughs> I That's think okay too. <laughs> I, I've kind of spent yeah. most of the off seasons really focusing on baseball and, and focusing on the things that I want to do to to get better and, and be able to to perform at the highest level. So um, I just haven't really felt like there's been time to to really do that and commit to school. So um, so yeah, it'll probably be a little bit later down the road, but but you can't go you can't go three years of college and not get the fourth one out of the way to to get that degree. So I, I know I'll go back at some point. Uh, I just, yeah, not, not in the immediate future, I guess to say. I, I got to ask, what's your major? Uh, I was a business administration major with a minor okay. in psychology. Oh, there's so much sports overlap there. Like there's so uh, many No, I enjoy the like... sports overlap, especially the psychology side of it. So yeah, um, there, there's a lot there, but no, I, I enjoyed school and I enjoy, you know, I enjoy going to class and, uh, at the University of San Diego is great too because it's a it's a smaller school so a little more intimate setting with with uh, class sizes you don't have the the giant 600 person lecture halls and things like that so uh, I, you know I thought that made it a little more engaging made you have to speak out a little bit more in class but uh, but no I enjoyed I enjoyed that part it's a good thing so yes I was going to ask you if there was 
any any reason, like any special draw for USD, but then it, you've said, you know, that your family went there, your dad worked there, you got your first ball glove from the from the coach of the baseball team there. Could there have been anywhere else? Well, uh, well, actually, no, I wasn't the same school that my, my dad worked at. That was the my dad worked at the the public school there, the University of California, San Diego, which is the, the oh, UC one. And I went to the I went to the small private one, the University of yeah. San Diego. So, um, actually, like when I was getting recruited and things like that, USD like really wasn't at like the the like the front of the list for me. It was more I was kind of more looking outwards of oh I want to go to this place, uh, you know I wanted to go to a cool school with a big football team and you know do that or anything like that. So. I was kind of looking all outward and then kind of at the last second, like I said, at kind of the beginning of my senior year was when uh, USD kind of showed up and showed a lot of interest in me. And I was like, well, kind of just like all fell into place and the pieces made sense. And uh, it certainly at the end of the day, it didn't stink uh, staying, staying local. And I know my parents enjoyed that because they got to go to as many games as possible. And yeah, um, that's, that's a big thing. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think just in general that, kind of just worked out that way and it all fell into place so definitely wasn't designed that way I wasn't trying to make that route but uh staying in San Diego didn't was not the worst thing in the world so I want to ask about the time where you were not so local when you went all the way to Cape Cod and I'm I'm a Boston born uh as as a Red Sox fan from birth of kind of person I like her anyway so- uh, yeah, yeah. We, we meet together for the Nets. So, you know, to be totally honest, so Patty's originally from Cleveland, so grew up with the Cleveland team. Gotcha. I grew up with the Boston team. So we're both American League backgrounds. So My kid's named for Camden Yards. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so, so we've been arguing until, like, the Nats got here, and we're old enough that we preceded the Nationals. Um, and then we came together for the Nats. So that's, like... Our, our unity, except for this weekend is going to be a bit of a problem. But besides <laughs> that, let me get back to Cape Cod. You went to Cape Cod. Yeah. So what did, what did you think of our beautiful Cape Cod? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I mean, the weather was perfect out there. Uh, in was, the summer. In the summer. <laughs> I mean, summer for, the, for the two and a half months that I was there, it was absolutely yeah. perfect. Um, I, uh, I really enjoyed my time. We were in or- I was in Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. which I might be biased, but I think it's one of the, the better little cities, towns on the Cape. And Oh, it's so um, cute. It's I, adorable. I, I had a really good setup with my, with my host family, um, uh, Rody and Paige. They were, they were the best. Uh, they, they gave me a, a, it was about, it was like a 1999, like little two door, uh, yellow Jeep, uh, to, to drive <laughs> oh, around in. So and it was cool. the coolest thing. And, and the Cape's just awesome. It's like such a small town yeah. feel. I mean, I have drove this yellow Jeep that had, you know, no back windows and, you know, just the little convertible roof on top and the doors didn't lock. Like you just, it was the type <laughs> of place you just drive around. You can leave the keys in the ignition and go in the store, do whatever you need. And uh, everybody knows everybody. And it's just a, it's a, it's a really cool town. And, uh, it was one of the cooler, cooler summers uh, I've ever spent playing baseball. And you no, know, I, I enjoyed every second of it. And you, and you did pretty well, right? All-star. Uh, yeah, I had, I had, I had quite a bit of success. Uh, we actually had a really good team. Um, a lot of players that, you know, still cross paths with today. And I think that's, that's the, the cool that's thing fine. about baseball is the, is how small of a world it really is. And, uh, you're, you get to a point where you pretty much know somebody on the other team through something of some sort. So, uh, it, it's always cool when you, when you come across guys that you've played against, uh, been, been teammates with before or anything like that. So that's, one of the cooler parts about baseball. 
For um, any listeners who aren't aware of this, the, the Cape Cod League is like the premier summer collegiate baseball league. And just for the record, for anyone who's listening for a while, you know that we also have a local collegiate league, and I have been a host family for players, but there were no cars involved. <laughs> yeah. He had to bring his oh, own yeah. car. <laughs> well, that was the weird thing. I was like, yeah, uh, with my host family setup, I was one of the few guys that actually the host family had an extra car. And that was <laughs> like... Uh, nice family. Yeah, they, they, they always did. Uh, it was funny. Uh, actually, the summer before, my host family hosted uh, Bobby Dahlbeck for, for the yeah, summer. Yeah, really? So, so he was at it's that It's one of Potty Mouth's favorites. Yeah, they, uh. they, talked, uh, they talked very highly of him. And uh, so, so, yeah, it's kind of like a rite of passage. Uh, the, the, guy in, the guy on the team with the yellow Jeep, that just became like the, the official car of, wow. of whoever was staying at that host family. So it was pretty funny. The, and then you're destined to make the majors if you have the yellow, yellow Jeep, right? That's, <laughs> right. that's you know, two I, I, for two. I would, hope, I would hope that's how it works. Yeah, I'm sure they've had plenty of other, other players that uh, have had a lot of success. But, uh, do, but yeah, do you so get to like cool. carve your initials in the door of the yellow Jeep oh, or something? I like that, that... I, sh- I should have done something like that. Yeah. Well, they, they obviously take plenty of pictures with us and uh, they've got some they've got some cool memories I think with, uh, with all the different players that have uh, come through and then Ben Orleans Firebirds or uh, you know stayed with Rodian Page so yeah it was pretty cool very nice so after all this there's another draft and this is when you get drafted in the third round by the Blue Jays is that right that is correct how what was different about that day than the the previous draft day that you were involved in? Yeah, so that was my uh, my junior year, um, and obviously that's the the first time you're able to be drafted after after going to college. So, you know, going into that year, I kind of knew that it was probably going to be my last year at school, and you know, I was looking forward to the draft and 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 uh, you know, being a part of the, uh, professional baseball. So. Uh, that, that day was a little different than, uh, than out of high school, just because it wasn't the, it wasn't the same situation. It was more like, okay, I'm ready for the next step where in high school it was kind of like, well, I got, I got some great options. So, um, yeah, it was just a little stressful. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, I thought there was a chance that I might've gone on the, on day one in the, in the first or second round. And, you know, there are some calls here and there of, Hey, this team might like you here. This team might like you there. And, um, yeah, I remember my, my advisor at the time was, you know, we were, we were figuring out, okay, what, you know, is there anything specific that you want with the team? And I was pretty open of, Hey, whatever team shows the most interest in me, I'm going to show the most interest in them. Uh, so, so, uh, so yeah, when the, when the Blue Jays came calling and, and, uh, you know, they, they seemed, uh, pretty, pretty far and wide, the, the team most interested in signing me, I was, I was all on board and, and I was super excited. Um, I was, yeah, it was pretty nice to get called pretty, pretty early on that, on that second day and kind of have the stress and anxiety of, of getting drafted, you know, kind of subside a little bit, just just because, uh, you know, I finally knew what team wanted me the most. And uh, I don't, you didn't have much time, actually. It was literally a couple of days after I got drafted. They were flying me out to Florida to start some workouts and uh, wow. and get ready to move on to, to short, season, uh, short season ball, which for us was in uh, beautiful uh, Vancouver, Canada. So Nice. Um, That's yeah, not I, bad. I was, I was pretty lucky. That was a uh, – I think for for playing in your first summer uh, minor league season in in such a big city like Vancouver, I was I was pretty fortunate. 
and we had a, um, yeah, we had, we had a really good setup. They, they have host families out there as well. And, uh, Max and Jennifer were, were great. And it was in within walking distance of the stadium. And, uh, it was, it was a pretty cool atmosphere actually, because the, the team there actually used to be a handful of years ago, they used to be triple A team. So they had a pretty big fan base. Um, and so at our games, we would get pretty, we would pretty much sell out every single night, get about 6,500 oh, people. Great. And so for that's me, amazing. I was like, I know yeah, for me, I was so like, good. man, my minor leagues are sweet. We get sell out crowds. <laughs> like, this is great. Like I'm in these nice cities. Like this is the best. And obviously that was a, a little short lived going to uh, going to the Florida state league next year and having about 50 people in the stand. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty fun pretty fun treat in vancouver and uh again you just can't ask for better weather in the summer out there so uh, i i really enjoyed my time there i bet your parents got their uh, blue jays gear pretty quickly too uh yeah the tough part though is that uh because they're such like an east coast team there's you know even at like the local stores you can't really find anything so oh, wow. uh, yeah you can't really get much they had to order it online but uh, <laughs> of course they did of but yeah they, they were they were very fast supporters and uh it was pretty instant uh we were we were big blue chase fans at the time so vancouver was pretty sweet but you know I think in the past year or two there's been a lot more public awareness of what conditions are like for minor league players did did you see some of this stuff that you know that we're hearing about like you know like the six guys to a room and terrible food and can't make rent and all oh, of these of things or? i think it it's kind of crazy uh how uh how how the living conditions are for minor leaguers uh i think i think people who who don't really know uh and it's not their fault it's just that you know you don't you don't really hear you don't really hear a lot about it you just hear about how nice the the big leagues are and, and everything there um you don't you don't really understand that just being a professional baseball player is not is not glamorous uh you you're you're i don't even consider it making a, a salary it's kind of like getting a stipend every month um, yeah and and that barely covers the cost of food and lodging so like you said it, you know you get to a point um, you know, once you get into more full season pro ball, uh, you know, you don't have host families or anything like that. So you're trying to make do with what you got and in order to save the most money, you got to try to live with as many people as possible, get some, get some air mattresses and, and you're kind of grinding that way. So, uh, it, it really is quite a shame. I've always said too, like throughout your baseball career, you, you want, you want your career to end if it ever does, because you just weren't good enough. You know, there was some, right. there was another person better and you never wanted to get to a point where, you know, you, you, you have a family, you have kids or things like that, and you just need to get another job to make more money. And, and that's, that's always a bummer. You see, you see a lot of guys that have to hang it up early because they just, they just needed to get a job to, that would make more money. And I, I just think that's a shame that, uh, that, that that would be a reason someone would have to give up on their dream. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough conditions. Um, I, yeah, I do not, do not envy those guys. Obviously I went through some of that, but, uh, there's, there's other guys that are a little less fortunate. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. tough conditions for sure. We're, we're big supporters of a couple of organizations. One is adopt a minor league play, player that's done a, pretty much filling in that gap of the host family situation. Since my, minor leaguers don't have host families, they're sort of buddying up 
minor leaguers with people who want to support minor leaguers. So they're a great organization to look out for. And the other one is More Than a Game. Is that right, Patty? I'm trying to remember. More Than Baseball. More than baseball. I knew it was something more. Anyway. And advocates for minor <laughs> yeah. leaguers. There's a couple right. of them. Yeah. No, you're definitely seeing a lot more awareness. And it, it's not, yeah, it's more just telling you about what the life is like. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of baseball players will tell you how, how not glamorous it is at times. Uh, yes, it's great to be a professional baseball player and continue to live your dream and, you know, take those steps uh going towards the big leagues and, and get into the ultimate goal but uh it's also it's also a really tough road um yeah so th- so there was that moment then when you got your call up this year right in june yep can you walk us through that what was that like for you yeah that was uh yeah safe to say that was a pretty special moment yeah um, yeah one of the one of the catchers for the blue jays i think it was a we had a sunday game we were off Monday. So we were playing in our Sunday day game. The game ended. You know, we get back into the locker room, start to, you know, get changed and get ready to leave the field. And I think I saw, you know, you're looking on Twitter, whatever you see that uh, one of the catchers got hurt. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know what the injury is, don't know how bad or anything like that. So we had an off day Monday, the next day. And when I was leaving the field Sunday, our, our manager called me literally like five minutes after I left the field and he goes, he just called me, Hey Riley. And I was like, okay, I think I know what this is about. And he's like, yeah, you might want to come back to the field and pack your things. Cause, uh, the teams, the team had an off day that Monday as well in Chicago. And so they, they told me, Hey, you're going to fly to Chicago. Uh, not, they're not a hundred percent sure what the decision is going to be. Cause they need to see how, how the other catcher is, see how, see if he's, you know, hurt enough that he needs to go on, uh, the IL or if, uh, or if he, you know, can take just a couple days off and then he'll be fine. So we're going to, they're still going to fly you to Chicago and, uh, you may or may not be in the lineup on Tuesday or you may or may not be be activated. So I kind of flew over there, you know, I I didn't have the the super highest expectations. Uh, you know, it's, Hey, if I get called up, great. If I get activated and I'm here, great. Um, but, but I was, I had a pretty good understanding of the, of the situation. So, uh, yeah, that Tuesday came, uh, showed up to the field. I was just kind of hanging out for a while. And, uh, and then they were like, well, Riley, yeah, you can just start, just start getting ready to play baseball, you know, start your warm ups, get into the cage, things like that. But, you know, still not sure yet. And then I remember I was in the cage and, uh, one of the coaches came and grabbed me. He was like, Hey, the, you know, uh, Charlie, our manager needs to talk to you. And, I think at that Charlie. point I kind of had a I had a pretty good idea that uh, <laughs> that that uh, the good things were happening and you know honestly I just thought I was going to be activated and when I got pulled into the office Charlie was just like yeah you're you're going to be active and uh, you're catching tonight so I was like oh okay damn but, well, let's <laughs> wow. lock it in and get ready to go so uh, so yeah I think honestly it might have been helpful that way because I I wasn't like overthinking things or what didn't allow myself the night before to like, go Oh my gosh, I'm catching tomorrow and this and that. So, uh, so yeah, it was literally a couple, you know, probably three or four hours before the game that I I knew I was, you know, getting activated and that, uh, I was catching that game. So, um, it was, it was interesting too, because, uh, you know, obviously I, I was in contact with my whole family at the time and, uh, you know, we were, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going up to Chicago, but don't really know what the situation is. And, and then they were like, well, shoot, should we, should we fly to, 
Chicago right. or, or well, I mean, if you don't get activated, then what? And uh, thankfully, then we're stuck in Chicago. It's a great city. Exactly. Nothing to do. Well, thankfully, yeah, that, <laughs> it's that, cold mon- that yeah. Monday night when we were talking, uh, not in June. <laughs> uh, yeah, we made that. Uh, yeah, we, we just talked and we figured, well, if, if we fly to Chicago or if they fly to Chicago and I don't get activated, then we'd rather make the mistake that way than them not right. fly out and then I get activated and then they weren't there. So, uh, no, I was glad they, they made it out. Um, and they were able to be there. Um, and it was pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't even know, but they, uh, they decided to wear some old minor league jerseys throughout uh, my minor league career at that first game. So oh, they made, they so made a cool. few uh, TV. Okay, I love your parents. Can I just like put that out there that I think I love your parents. <laughs> Everything you've said about them, aces. <laughs> Perfect. No, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, they got some, they got some good press from that. My dad, my dad was actually wearing a, a Vancouver Canadians jersey that I wore. So uh, a lot of the That's Vancouver great. faithful uh, were, were pretty happy to see that. So, um, so yeah, that was that was a pretty fun moment. Um, I got to catch uh, catch Robbie Ray for my for my debut. Damn, and, um, he he was he's a fun guy to catch. Obviously, you, you can see the so year good. that he's having this year. And, uh, he's he's doing really well, but uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's he's a fun guy to catch. Has a hard fastball and a really good slider. So uh, it was it was a pretty fun day and. Uh, I, I mean, I, I still remember. I'll probably for the rest of my life remember every moment from that game. But that uh, that first inning, I can very confidently say there were times that I forgot how many outs there were. I forgot what the count was. I was just lost. Uh, but uh, wow. but thankfully, you know, that kind of first inning went by. Uh, you know, uh, blocked a few balls, things like that, and you know, kind of right after that first inning was done, I was I was able to settle down and uh, feel pretty comfortable out there and. Uh, Robbie, Robbie definitely helped, helped kind of ease the nerves being, being a vet guy like he is and having so much experience that, uh, you know, I could more lean on him, uh, during the game. So that was, uh, that was a big thing for me. Oh, and what a fantastic team with Toronto. And when you said Charlie, I think I just think of Charlie Montoya as one of those managers that just relates so well. I mean, he just seems so down to earth. And I mean, I guess you've been with a couple of great managers between him and Davey Martinez. Yeah, no, I've had I've had some really good experiences with uh, with my managers and coaches and, and everybody like that. That it was it was definitely a good group over there with the Blue Jays and, uh, you know, good players, too. And, you know, everybody, it's, it was a very young team and uh pretty pretty lively and uh, pretty energetic so it was a it was a good group uh it made it pretty easy to to settle in with that team for the couple weeks that i was up there with them i was gonna say yeah for the minute and a half <laughs> you had time to settle with the team yeah no i was yeah i wasn't i wasn't up there for long um but uh but yeah it was, it was a good couple of weeks and just getting comfortable with that team was was pretty fun well i i gotta say that we're lucky to have you here as at the nats but I can't imagine what is it like around that trade. So, did you know that that was in the cards? Was it a surprise? How did how did that sort of come down to you? Yeah, it it definitely was a surprise. Um, I think going into that trade deadline, obviously uh, the Blue Jays making a, a pretty big playoff push. Yeah, and uh, and and kind of in need of of pitching and and, and bullpen pitching. I guess more specifically, um, and then I also can kind of see that we had we have a bunch of catchers within the Blue Jays organization. I think at the time we had five catchers on the 40-man roster. So you can kind of do the math a little bit and think, okay, well, they might trade a catcher to get a pitcher. It was kind of a easy conclusion to make there. So I always knew there was the chance, like, oh, maybe I'll get traded. You never know. But you never really plan for that. You, you kind of can't just because you just don't know. But yeah. uh, 
but yeah, it was, it was literally the morning before a game that afternoon. Uh, I went, got some breakfast and was walking back to the hotel. We were on the road in, uh, in Wooster actually, or however you pronounce it. I, I'm terrible with my pronunciations over there, but, uh, yeah, we were playing, uh, playing the, the, the triple Red Sox and, uh, oh, Worcester. Worcester. Did <laughs> yeah. I say it right? The Woosocks. I don't know. I'm not good at that. They just that, have their own pronunciations, as, as I swear. A, as a Massachusetts native, yeah, it looks, it looks like Worcester, but yeah, it's Yeah, I always it's think of Worcestershire sauce or whatever right. that thing's called. But uh, totally. no, uh, yeah, I just remember I was walking back to the hotel, uh, and and my I got a phone call from my, from my manager. Uh, and usually when he calls, it's something important. It's either you're getting called up, uh, you're doing something. So when he called, obviously, I knew something was up. Uh, and and uh, yeah, he kind of broke the news that uh, that I was being traded to the Nats, and it was a pretty cool moment because I think you know he's one of the my AAA manager there, Casey Candell, is one of the managers I've had one of the better relationships with. I've I've had him as a manager uh, when I was in in High A uh, Florida State League. He was there in 2018, and then um, uh, he was my manager this year in, in uh, AAA there. So uh, I've had a really good relationship with him. And, and it was pretty cool that when he called me and told me, he said, uh, uh, you know, the, the GM for the uh, for the Blue Jays was going to call me. And, uh, and and Casey said that he, he, he would have rather been the one to, to call me and tell me that I was being uh-huh. traded and break that news. So so that was pretty special that, that he wanted to, wanted to do that for me. But, yeah, then uh, once I found that out, um, still had to go to the field with, with the team and, uh, basically pack my things up and get ready to leave. So that was, uh, that was actually pretty surreal. Um, just because you, you spent so much time with those guys being, uh, being drafted in 2017 and kind of going up through the system with all those guys for, you know, some guys for four years, some guys a little bit shorter, but, you know, you spent so much time with them and, uh, it was such a good group of guys to, to spend that year with. And, uh, it was was definitely kind of surreal just knowing that, well, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be on this team anymore. And I'm moving on to someone else. It's, it it was pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a weird time just knowing that you're not going to be playing alongside those guys, but in the crazy world of baseball, you always, you you know, you're going to run into them at some point down the road and you're going to see them again, but it was just weird kind of having that, be it be final and kind of closing closing that chapter and moving on to the next so then you walk into the nationals clubhouse with guys that you didn't go you know you didn't come up with for for many years what's that like brand new clubhouse brand new guys i mean did you know anybody what does it feel like to walk in there yeah that's 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 weird uh (laughs) it was definitely different felt felt a little bit like a fish out of water um you know, I've, I've, being how comfortable I was with the Blue Jays and how all the relationships I built with, you know, coaches, staff, players, everybody that, you know, just kind of had to pick up and start over again was 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 definitely different. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a lot stepping into that clubhouse. But um, honestly, the the transition and moving in with that team and that clubhouse, those coaches. Um, was was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. They, they they were super opening, uh, you know, super easy to get along with. Uh, you know, every everybody made made me so welcome. So I I have you know nothing but good things to say about everybody over there. So I've 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 enjoyed my time, and it's obviously been kind of short, but uh, these last two months have been have been pretty special out there. 
I mean, what was the vibe like with all of these new guys at once? I mean, you know, the Nats <laughs> right. yeah. were one of those teams that had such a huge turnover at the trade deadline, and all of a sudden there's these guys. I was one of the people in the stands saying, yay, new guy. Right. I didn't know anybody yet. It's like, yay, yeah. new guy. Come on, new guy. Well, it's funny not being there when all the trading was was being done. So so a lot of the guys that, you know, that, that were there were just like, yeah, it was, it's weird when you show up and, you know, half the team is gone yeah so, uh, it's like hi i'm, so, yeah. I'm your, your new young guns i mean yeah, I'm, right? I'm the new catcher i'm the new pitcher i'm the, yeah anything uh yeah. so that was uh you know they, they kind of joke about that but uh that was uh, that was different for them too especially because the the nats have never been a team that that have have sold at the deadline they're always a right. team that's making a push and so i remember that was something that you know everyone always talked about but uh but yeah i mean it was it was definitely different for those guys, but um, you know you still got still got a lot of the core, and you know kind of getting able to be around Zimmerman or Soto or guys like that is uh, is pretty cool. Absolutely, and and I gotta say, I mean, I, I think that a lot of fans. I'm hoping. I mean, I, I'm one of the fans. It took me like two days. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm in. I mean, that that's over. I'm gonna miss those guys that are gone, but these guys are really fun to watch. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, I think a lot of the fan base is like, okay, you, you've, you've resigned the fact that you're not going to have this guy, this guy, or this guy, but look at who you've got. This is, yeah. this is fun. These guys are great to watch. I mean, are you feeling that at all? I mean, what? No, of course. There's, there's yeah. a ton of like life and energy within these guys. I mean, kind of, uh, yeah, you kind of see the games. Uh, I, there, there's, there's never really any like quit in these, in, in our guys. Oh, and and it seems like every game we're in, there's. You know, we're always doing something. We're always coming back. We definitely like to make it stressful at times, but uh, we're we're always in every game and we're always pushing hard towards the end. And uh, I think I think that's exciting. And you know, we know no matter what happens early on, if if they get a couple early or anything like that, that uh, we're never out of it. Um, so I think that that makes it fun. And and like I said earlier, I think everyone just kind of clicks. And and it's a, it was it was easy to get to get acquainted with each other and uh, you know everyone's just just welcoming as it is so uh, it was it was a pretty fun atmosphere to be in. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. I guess the first time that we saw you play was first week in August. Sadly, it was a few days before your first home run. We missed that. But so it was midway, it's like Wednesday. And yeah. there were a bunch of us, a bunch of friends together. We have friends from out of town, a whole bunch of us. You come to bat and we hear this song <laughs> and we all start singing at Potty Mouth's head. And Potty Mouth's like, <laughs> what is this song? And all of us at once just yelled, all the small things. And she's like, oh, and then you do it. Like, as soon as we did that, but like, you were just like a beat behind it. And it was so right. damn funny. And it was like, okay, we already love this guy because he knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was the thing is that, you know, in my defense that I did know the song, but I didn't quite catch it in that moment. Yeah. And But the beautiful thing was that everybody was so excited about it. Like, what a cool choice for a walk-up <laughs> song. So can you give us a little bit of background yeah, of about course. that? That, uh, that uh, I can confidently say that will probably be my walk-up song for the for the rest of my life. Uh, oh, sweet. Um, That's kind of early to say that, really? <laughs> uh, well, shoot, I've had it as my walk-up song for the last six years. I mean, going back to when, I mean, when I first was getting walk-up songs in college, that, that was my walk-up song. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, again, being, being a San Diego guy, uh, Blink-182, uh, they, 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 they're from San Diego. All the guys went, uh, you know, from that Poway, Rancho Bernardo area in San Diego. And, and growing up, uh, I grew up in a, 
in a town called Lucadia, which is in Encinitas, with kind of North County, San Diego. And in my neighborhood, uh, the drummer for Blink-182, Travis Barker, lived there. And so... There, Did everybody I, I, trick or treat at his house? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, sure. We, uh, yeah, you get some extra big size candies there, the king size <laughs> ones. But, but yeah, I, I can I can recall memories of uh, you know Friday Saturdays when when I was when I was a kid, kind of sitting on sitting in my front driveway because Blink One Eighty Two had was having a little backyard concert, uh, and you could hear it throughout the whole neighborhood. Uh, and so, yeah, Blink One Eighty Two has always been been huge in my life and uh they're 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 a special group and it's it's i mean you, you asked earlier about about liking country music and and obviously i like country music but uh blink's a little different sound than that and uh they're uh yeah they're, it just kind of always brings me back to that san diego memory and just kind of that childhood feel and uh, i mean i think it's a song too that everyone can relate to it's kind of has, it's like an anthem kind of thing, and it really is. I think yeah. I think I think it's kind of cool because uh, everyone that hears it, whether whether you're like a big Blink One Eighty Two fan or not, you can kind of always go back to like, oh, I remember this song, or I remember hearing this, doing this, or at this time. And uh, I think that's kind of fun, and uh, it's it's kind of cool that that everyone can can relate to that, and uh, you know has some type of association with the song, and I think I think that's pretty special. Back in uh, my, my first pro ball, uh, summer in Vancouver, actually, uh, you know, I was walking up to blink 182 and it got, it got pretty popular, uh, popular enough that, uh, the fans would, would keep singing it at, after the song ended and my at bat started. So, <laughs> so like the so song cool. would go and obviously I, I play the walk up song from the beginning. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the, the fans, they just kept singing it. And I, I remember in some at bats, it'd be like a couple balls in and be like, 2-0 or something and they're just getting to the chorus and i'm like holy <laughs> cow like this is sick so yeah, you gotta uh, cue it up differently i think if you gotta get it if you gotta no, get it done before you're fun. bad let them all sing it? it that way uh so so yeah I, i'll always remember that and you know i'm hoping one day that you know i can be playing in a world series game and uh you know you got a full house uh sellout crowd and, and they're singing at the top of their lungs my whole at bat that would be a that would be the dream honestly I, that would be one of the cooler things that that, that could happen you know, if, if Nats Park can do Baby Shark, like Nats Park should be able to handle that. Like, I think we have a challenge upon us, Patty. Like, we've got to sort of get this going. I think it's getting there. I think it's getting there. I mean, and honestly, before Baby Shark, it was Werewolves of, of London. You know, it was Jason right. Worth and Werewolves oh, okay. of London and everybody sang that. And so I think, I mean, this is this is pretty good company that you're in. You know, I, if, if you've got that song. That, if, yeah. if I'm lucky enough to be in that company with uh, the baby shark and uh, and werewolves of London, I would uh, I would be pretty <laughs> special. That would uh, that would be a pretty cool moment. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. Like when I, w- I was watching um, the the game with the Rockies last night, you know, and Charlie Blackman's got like you know the yeah. outfield song that everybody sings, and I'm right. like, this is it's like to me a walk-up song is to get the crowd pumped to get the batter pumped. But I don't know if that's really, like, like as the batter, what do you think the walk-up song's for? Is it just like, because it's meaningful to you and if other people like it, great, but I don't care. I think it's both. Uh, you definitely like, uh, you know, you definitely want something that gets you locked in or gets you uh, feeling a certain type of way to, to, to get ready to go face the pitcher. So I think, I think at its core, yeah, you want a song that, that you enjoy and that, you know, that kind of gets you going. But I think uh, I think if you can find a song that that gets you fired up, but also gets the fans into it, I think that's a that's a pretty cool combo. So, 
um i think i'm i'm lucky to to have a song like that that you know i can kind of take with me wherever i go is uh this is this is the song i'll, I'll always walk up to and uh you know every level i've been at I've, I've always had it and taken it with me from from wherever i've been so uh it definitely gets better when when you're when you're in the big leagues and you got the big speakers and uh you can hear it at, at full <laughs> volume so right uh, I, I i have enjoyed that and you and you can listen hard for me and Patty singing along. Do you, so some some players have an alternate. Do you have an alternate? Or are you all no. all, all, all no, the no, small no. things? Only only all the small things every <laughs> every second. I don't I don't to be honest, I don't like listen to I don't I know last eh, I've listened to the full song every now and then. But like I don't listen to it like a lot just because I guess I hear it so many times during the year <laughs> yeah. that maybe in the off season I you know, I'm listening to other things, but uh um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it'll always be my walk-up song and I kind of, kind of just, it's kind of just stuck with me. So I've, I'm, I'm happy. I'll, I'll, I'll always do that. And, uh, so, I mean, I, does I'm, the band know you do it? Gosh, I hope so. One of these days, <laughs> I, one of these days I'm going to, I'm going to get, get that connection and, uh, you know, who <laughs> knows, maybe get them out to Nats park or something, but uh, there you go. Uh, I like that. Ooh, that sounds but, good. Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big Blink fan, and uh, <laughs> they're 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 one of the groups that you know, I'm, I, I would like to consider myself a, a pretty big uh, Blink fan. And I, I could tell you quite a bit about the band that my bore people. So the um, I, don't, I don't know if you're aware of other baseball relationships that Blink One of You Two has, but I actually found a clip online of Jesse Winker, who I love on the Reds, singing "I Miss You" with Nick Castellanos' son oh, at a game. That's cool. He's like seven. Like the kid is seven. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, this I did is... see that. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of Nick Castellanos' son because of his artwork, making putting his dad on a t-shirt. But um, <laughs> I thought that was really fun. It was like, okay, no, so Blink One Eight Two is kind of everywhere. <laughs> oh, I, I know Tom Tom DeLong, the lead singer for them, who's who's no longer uh, the yeah. lead singer right now. Uh, he he's a pretty big sports fan actually, and still is in San Diego. So I've seen some videos of him at uh, at at Padre games and when songs come on, <laughs> I they, don't play, know, they play for him. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know, but but you know, I know I know he's kind of into the sports world there. So that's uh, you see see him every now and then. Yeah, I think we're supposed to ask you about the Blink song San Diego. If that has like a special meaning connection. Oh yeah, that. Uh, so yeah, that was their one of their more recent albums. I think the album was called California, um, and it came out in 2015, 2016, something like that. And when I was at so that was about when I was at the University of San Diego. And uh, another cool cool fact about uh, playing at San Diego is uh, my dad um, has uh, public address announcing in his background. And he's done oh, various wow. things like that. So that's a, that's a life uh, goal of mine. I really want to yes. do that sometime. <laughs> yeah, you can you can ask him all about it. But uh, no, he, he enjoys that. When we hang out, because so. we will. Exactly. Right. There you go. Uh, when, when he comes when he comes out to Nats Park, you can ask him all about that. But there we uh, go. Yes, um, please do. But uh, yeah, so he so he does the the PA and uh, and so when I was at uh, USD, it was. I, he he kind of finagled his way in there to being uh, to being the, the the public address announcer for for all our games at USD, <laughs> um, and then along with that, uh, my brother he kind of then he kind of recruited my brother to be the sound guy, and so my brother was doing all the all the music between <laughs> innings and doing the walk up songs and whatever for everybody. So uh, so yeah, it was kind of a, a family atmosphere. Um, <laughs> 
at, at the at the park so that so that was cool and um yeah i remember when that when that album came out and uh you know they have a song called san diego on that album i just thought it was a cool song and i suggested to my brother that uh you know after uh after the top of the first uh before we come up to hitting the bottom of the first why not play that song as a you know we're going back to san diego and uh kind of a you know I don't know. I just thought it would have been cool. So sure. <laughs> thankfully I know some people up there in the press box to, <laughs> to, to make some things happen. And, Connections. and uh, actually I, I, you know, I, so a lot of my teammates were, uh, were starting to dig it. And so it kind of caught on a little bit. And so we kind of kept that for the, for the whole year. Um, having them, uh, having, having my brother play San Diego and uh, when we came up to hit. So on a related note, does the San Diego sports arena still exist? Uh, yes, it does. Okay. I don't know. It's some other name, but yeah, yeah, it still exists. Okay. So I'm asking that because there is a line in San Diego about going to see The Cure, buying Cure tickets, right? Yep. Say, so if you go up to buy tickets for The Cure. And I saw The Cure at the sports arena many oh, years you? before you were born. Oh, and I just wow. wanted to put that out in the universe. So that there. is beautiful. Yeah. No, <laughs> 1987, the, the, the I think. San Diego sports arena is still alive and well. Uh, oh my God. I think also Iggy uh, Pop and the Pretenders, but not on the same bill. But <laughs> That's yeah, sweet. I don't think they could work that into the song as well as uh, the Cure could. But, the Cure kind of worked, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, that's funny. Yeah, the the San Diego Sports Arena is still still alive and well. Jeez, that's that's awesome. So, so before we leave the topic of walk-up songs, Patty and I have been have been known to be a little bit critical. I think of walk-up okay. songs here and there. We were big front fans of Anthony Rendon and Trey Turner when they were both on the Nats, but they had terrible—I mean, terrible—walk-up <laughs> songs. So, in your opinion, besides you, who has a good walk-up song on the Nats? Oh, uh... anybody? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, You're gonna say Andrew Stevenson or, or or Lane because they're country songs, right? Well, they are good. <laughs> there are good country songs, um, and and no, I like that. I mean, yeah, I mean Lane being a, a Tennessee guy and Stevenson being a Louisiana guy. They got. I that mean, they come by southern. it honestly yeah, for sure. It, it right? works. Yeah. It works for them. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I like Zimmerman's too. He's got a good. Uh, he's kind of kind of goes multiple songs. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge, I'm not a big rap guy and things like that, but. Uh, for for Zim, I think they're they're pretty sweet too. He's got a he's got a good mix of songs there. Okay, all right, back to actual baseball. <laughs> so, oh man, you talked about you know you talked about you know catching Ray and all this stuff. It, it's important for catchers to build relationships with pitchers, and I would think that that was like like a long process, you know, built over time. But like, okay, I watched the game last night. I swear to God, we had four hundred and thirty two pitchers come into the game. <laughs> Yeah, how, it was a crazy game. Yeah. How do you how do you manage? I mean, like, is everybody is it are they all that unique that you've got to like get a different mindset going, or is it like, hey, no, I'm calling this game. You're doing what I need you to do, or how does that work? No, every guy's unique for sure. Um, everyone pitches a little differently. Everyone uh, likes to do you know slightly different things. You know, even you know if a, if two guys both throw sliders, there there might have some different action to it. Uh, you know, some guy that might be a little more sweepy with the slider, more side to side. Another guy might have a little more depth to it. So, um, no, it's really important to to know all those little things and uh, or all the small things you could say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even play on that one. Well, no, uh, no, oh. yeah, no. It's important to to know those those things, and um, it definitely takes takes some time to 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 get comfortable. And um, I think you know being in games and 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 actually 
you know, working with those pitchers to, to get hitters out. Uh, it's probably the quickest way to learn uh, guys and tendencies and things like that. But, um, but yeah, it's, def- it's definitely something that is hugely important. I think it's probably the most important thing about being a catcher is that, is that relationship with those guys and, you know, trying to understand, uh, you know, what they do well and, and, and also understanding, you know, some weaknesses of hitters and, and how to get them out and, you know, how to kind of combine, you know, the, our pitcher's strengths with uh, their hitters' weaknesses to, to get them out as best as possible. And, and speaking of learning, especially in your, your rookie year now, how do you learn from other batters or even other catchers? Well, that's one of the cool things is, is having, um, I mean, this year having, having Avila back there, uh, you know, oh, yeah. to, to, to talk to, to kind of pick his brain, um, obviously more than just, just game calling, but, uh, you know, he's got, he's got so much experience and he's, he's seen some of the best pitchers of all time. So, uh, just being able to, to kind of pick his brain a little bit and, uh, you know, get his thoughts on things is, has been really cool. And obviously we got, you know, great catching coaches as well. And, uh, you know, working with, uh, Hickey and, and the pitching coaches too, like that's been, that's been great. So there's that side as well, but, um, but yeah, no, I've enjoyed uh, learning as much as I can from from Alex, and uh, you know, kind of every every little detail he's, he he he's learned throughout the years, and you know, this being his last year, uh, trying to trying wow. to get as much information as I can. What about batters? Got anybody working with you? I mean, I know you know K Long is like, you know famous for being a terrific batting coach, but I got to believe that the guys help each other out too. Yeah, no, guys definitely do, um, and. Obviously, having uh, having Juan Soto uh, and seeing his work every single day uh, is is very special. I mean, we got we got great hitters across the board, but um, I think it's pretty safe to say uh, Soto's a, a special player and uh, a, a pretty once in a lifetime guy. That uh, just to honestly just to just to watch his routines and and watch what he does behind the scenes is is special. Um, and then and then coupling that with uh, with uh, K Long and uh, and, and the stuff that, that he's kind of working with Soto on and, and doing things like that, uh, has been huge and just kind of, just kind of getting around those guys is, has been, has been super helpful for me, uh, being able to, you know, kind of find success again with my swing and feel confident when I go up to the plate. So I've, I've really enjoyed getting, getting to learn from those guys. And I mean, yeah, having, having a guy like Soto is pretty special. Uh, he's, he's, he's a fun guy to watch every single day. I agree. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of fun. We, we, we may or may not have a recent episode titled Drink Whiskey and Watch Juan Soto. I'm just putting yes. that out there. Which, which so. we highly recommend, you know, <laughs> highly recommend doing that. Yeah, I, right, could, I could watch Juan Soto hit a baseball uh, for yeah. for a long time. That's uh Yeah, I am I am I probably not as much as you guys are heartbroken that, you know, we won't be watching y'all hit into October, which makes me very sad. Are you, are you going to watch the postseason? I mean, is that, a, do you, you going to watch? Um, yeah, I'll probably watch. I, I don't think I'll watch every single game or every, every little detail, but I think when it, yeah, when it gets closer to the championship series and the world series, you, you always got to tune in and watch. Uh, you got somebody you're rooting for? Uh, no, I don't have anybody I'm rooting for. Really? Uh, I mean, I got, are you just got, not saying it out loud? No, I got, I mean, obviously, I, I know a lot of guys over over there with the Blue Jays, and and, right. and, if, and if they found success in the playoffs, I'd be pumped for them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for those guys, and you know, I hope they do well. Um, I was I was happy that that we got to beat them in uh, in the, the series we played against them, but 
you know, I'm, I'm rooting for those guys and, you know, I, I, I know a lot of them, so they're, uh, it's, it's a, it's a good group and a special group over there. So, you know, seeing them have success is fun and, you know, especially just guys that, that I've played with. I think that's, uh, that's fun to see them have success like that. Well, we'll be at Nats Park on Saturday to watch you guys have the potentially crush the the hopes for my Red Sox <laughs> to to follow into the postseason. So we'll see how that goes because they're yeah. not faring too well against the Orioles. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun that we have a we have an opportunity with these three games with them to you know, to, to to make a <laughs> to, make a playoff right. difference and. Uh, so do you guys do you guys feel that? I mean, do you say okay? You know, the season. You know, we're 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 going to be done on Sunday, no matter what happens. But we can still have an effect. So let's have an effect. Of course, yeah. I think uh, you know, there's there's never a game that you you just kind of coast through because you know, yes, our season's going to be done on Sunday. But uh, you know, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to baseball. We owe it to everybody to 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 go out there and compete at the best level we can and uh give it everything we got i think it would be pretty fun to 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 play spoiler and uh hurt hurt some (laughs) hurt some dreams and do things like that uh but but i just think in general i mean that's what that's what that's why you play baseball you play baseball when you play baseball to To hurt people's dreams no you don't not always hurt people's dreams (laughs) but but you play to compete and yeah and, and you owe it to yourself to 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 give it everything you got so yeah we're Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come out firing this this weekend, and uh, you know hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can get some wins on the board. All right, well I've got to steal myself because Patty's gonna like throw it in my face when we're there together on Saturday, <laughs> and you you know have have sort of extra incentive because by knocking out the Red Sox, you're gonna be pumping up the Blue Jays. So I that mean, works yeah, you well kinda, for you. You can kind of put a lot of different scenarios uh, up in the air, and and it's actually really cool how, how that. American League wild cards shaping up. I mean, you got you got yeah. four, three or four games Seattle. left in the season for those guys, and you got four teams vying for two spots. So uh, right. it'll definitely be an exciting finish. You know, just as a as a fan of baseball, I'm I'm excited to see uh, you know how that all shakes down and and, and what's going to happen this weekend. So I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a be a fun couple of days. Well, we're excited too. We'll we'll be there, both of us <laughs> screaming in different directions, but. Yeah, but I, I will cheer for you. I will definitely Perfect. cheer for you as and things hope, come and along. Hopefully, hopefully, if you hear all the small things, you'll be uh, you'll be singing along with that as well. We will be, that, <laughs> and that's a promise. That's an absolute promise. So the the last thing that we wanted to talk about, very important, is the concept of nicknames in MLB. And we noticed that your official MLB page does not have a nickname for you. Oh, it does. But uh, but uh, uh, somebody we we've heard through the grapevine that it should be butter, and I was wondering if you could give me any information behind where that came from and if yeah. that Confirm, if, deny. If, if, yeah. if that really should be on your MLB page yeah uh butter is uh definitely my nickname and uh I, I have it I have it on my on my glove I wear I wear a bracelet that says smooth as butter on it um <laughs> so it's something that, All right. that that I've always stuck with uh yeah if we had a uh, if we had a player's weekend and we had to put our nickname on the back of our jerseys I, I would be putting butter uh when I was uh, when I was born, I was uh, I was a pretty big baby. Um, Surprising, yeah, I know, right. cra- crazy, huh? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was a pretty big baby. And to my dad, he thought I looked like a butterbean. So I don't even know, like <laughs> I didn't so even good. know what a butterbean was. And so, just randomly, my dad loves to make random nicknames, I guess. But uh, he called me. He ca- always called me butterbean growing up. Like I was just for some odd reason, I was just butterbean, and uh, and so yeah, it kind of always went that way. And then. Eventually, kind of got shortened to butter just 
it was a little easier to say and uh fit on the shirt better yeah Yeah. fit on a shirt uh you know two syllables a little easier so uh uh so yeah uh, eventually just kind of got shortened to butter and kind of it's just kind of stuck and i've always you know my dad will still always just kind of refers to me as butter sometimes and uh things like that so yeah butter butter's kind of always stuck and um that uh i gotta i gotta work on that and get that nickname changed on the the mlb yeah. website so it's got to be somebody you can call i'm sure yeah, of it. I, I think i can i think i can figure that one out if i, <laughs> if I really need to very nice get riley this has been so much fun you have been so generous with your time and we really really appreciate it and we wish wish you the best of luck this weekend and we'll be waving from the cheap seats on saturday <laughs> perfect well i appreciate you guys having me on this this has been fun Wow. Thanks again to Riley Adams. We had such a good time talking with him. We hope you enjoy your off season, sir. We look forward to seeing you back next year. Um, So to our friends out there, you've got some baseball to watch. I hear you got some wild card games. You've got the division series before we talk to you again. Um, But please feel free to go back and listen to some past episodes. Tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball and do find us on social media. Please talk to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. In the meantime, please get your vaccine if you haven't already. It's time for your flu shot and your booster vaccine. Also, please fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. I've been a potty mouth for quite a while. Oh, okay. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect.